Hello and welcome into another episode of Podcast 63, Season 4, Episode 23. And we are recording just after watching our Ramblers beat Illinois State. So we're kind of in a good mood. Uh, a win is a win, right? We'll take a win any way we can get it. Um, but in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about three games. Uh, we'll be talking about our wins against Valpo and Illinois State. And then our weekend loss to Drake, um, which was unfortunate and we will get into. Um Luke, uh, kind of a mixed bag of emotions this week. I feel like a little bit of a roller coaster, um, especially like the ways the games were played. Uh, I really didn't think this is not how I saw this week going. I don't know about you. How how do you feel about the week as a whole? It's it's kind of crazy just because I think due to the fact that like the Valley's not a two bid league this year, um, just because I think. The competition's like bittersweet, right? You want it to be great and tough and everything, but some of our Valley teams have also had bad losses. So, like, on our resume, it doesn't look great to lose to them. So having one of those losses, but, again, to Drake is even tougher because there's a little bit of a rivalry there. Um, but, again, getting two wins out of the three, again, the next week and a half, and we'll talk about it, it's just like we're playing so many games in such a short amount of time which, again, might prepare us for the uh, conference weekend. So, again, it's a little bittersweet, a little tough, but, again, we'll talk into it. Um, though excited to be now, after we talk about Illinois State, we're, we're tied with you and I for uh, first in the Valley. Yeah, uh, so we're going to be talking about all three of those games. We're going to be getting through them and talking about how our Ramblers are doing and what the last two games of the year mean and what, uh, what we got to look forward to. So uh, stick with us, and don't forget, always remember, go Blairs. And we are back. So our first game of the week was uh, middle of the week last week. Um, we traveled over to Indiana to play the Valparaiso Beacons. Um, Valpo has not been as good as I thought they'd be. I'll be straight up honest. Um, they had a bunch of transfers this year, a lot of like high major transfers, even if some of them were more role players, uh, or bench guys. Um, but you know, some, some pretty talented guys. I thought for sure they would finish middle of pack, maybe sixth, maybe even fifth. I think I said at one point on the podcast, like if everything went well and, uh, yeah, kind of just quite honestly, they, are not as good as I thought they'd be. And uh, right now they're sitting down in the uh, the first four games, or the bottom four of the conference. They'll be playing uh, most likely on Thursday come uh, Arch Madness time. And so we traveled down there and we played them uh, in a really um, remember it, rememberable, mem- memorable, that's the word, memorable game uh, a couple months ago when it went to double overtime in Chicago, uh, Braden North. Morris had his one of his best games as a Rambler. Uh, Lucas had an uh, important shot or two, and uh, Marquise also played really well in that game. Um, and uh, we ended up winning by seven in double overtime. Uh, this game felt like it was going to be going to overtime. Um, definitely an up and down game. Um, some of our guys who usually hit, like Lucas and and Ryan, were not making threes. Uh, luckily, we had some people who were pretty efficient, both Tate Hall and Braden Norris. 
Um, even though they didn't shoot all that much, uh, they were combined uh, seven for nine overall and five of six from three. Um, but the main guy was Chris Knight. Chris Knight had, um, I'm pretty sure, his season high for us with 20 points, seven rebounds, and made a uh, great post move at the end of the game to put us up two with, I think, like 50 seconds left. Um, but, yeah, it was just like, man, I, I it didn't need to be this close. Uh, I know – Valpo has probably underperformed a little bit, but the fact of the matter is, you know, coming into this game, we're in first place. Um, we were, you know, we had a, a game lead in the division or in the conference rather, uh, and we needed this win. Um, so luckily we pulled it out. Uh, big props to Chris Knight for a career, career day or at least a season high day. Um, but, um, Lou, what were you thinking in this game? What were some of the things that, that stood out to you? Yeah, I think one of my favorite Valpo stats and maybe my favorite stat of the year so far is going to be out of all their games, they've played six overtime games and five of those over six, five out of those six have been all in the Valley. And uh, again, we're one of those and then they went to double overtime with us. But again, this Valpo team, I agree with you. I had higher hopes just because of the roster they were putting together. Um, and again, it just shows you they, they went, they went, they only lost by three to UNI and OT. Um, and so games like that. Or what just blows my mind, right? That they they're able to still hold their ground um, in some of these tough competitions, and they they go past the regulation and they go into overtime. But again, we luckily didn't need to do that this second time playing with them. Um, again, a, a different a different kind of team that was out there uh, for us. We weren't down too big at um, at half or anything. We were only down six, and I think that's manageable. Was it a place we wanted to be at? No. Um, I think the biggest thing was like just how we played defense. Uh, Kobe King was pretty much scoreless the entire game, and I think he found a way to get one bucket. So I thought it was like, okay. Uh, but then Ben Cricky was just the way um, I think that surprised me and Thomas Keither. So, again, it was just a, a simple game that Valpo played. They controlled us defensively. I think they played a great game defensively against us, and uh, it, was, it was quite interesting just how – some people turn the ball over and especially what the first possession was kind of a little what Braden hit it off his leg. And I wasn't like, I wasn't like, Oh no, this game's going to be close, but it was kind of then foreshadowing maybe for the fact that it was a little stumbling out of the gates and things kind of didn't go the way we wanted to. But again, I think the only person who really controlled themselves the entire game for me was CK just cause he was, he was, he was efficient and that's what he's normally good at is being so efficient uh, but he was also really reliable. Um, but I think he was like the top tier of the game. But then people like Tate Hall, uh, I'm just loving. And there's a lot of people you can talk about, but Tate Hall filling in a starting spot. I think this game and some of the other games we'll talk about was so pivotal. Um, mm-hmm. So such an interesting way to kind of um, uh, just to really – figure out how we win. And I think, did we tweet after this game was just like, just win baby. Right. Yeah. Um, and kind of, that's the mentality we'll talk about then at two games after this, but that is the mentality when you're at this end of the season, especially with our resume um, and all the talk again, do we think our resume is better than maybe what people are talking about? Yeah, of course. Right. We're like, come on, we only lost to Michigan state by two uh, by last minute bucket. And then we, we lost them like one of the number one teams in the country. But then you see Michigan State fall in the top 25, so it's like, okay, well, what does our resume really look like kind of thing, right? So in reality, it's just win. Like, that, if we can just win every game for the rest of the next two weeks, then we are happy, right? That's just mm-hmm. how we, we, we can do it. 
And that's what this season we haven't seen ourselves go on those long extended runs of winning, right? So if we want to close out our regular season and then continue into our conference championship week by just winning, that works for me. And I thought this game um, at Valpo would do it. Now, did I definitely think it was closer than it needed to be? Absolutely. Um, but again, some of these games you would hope is a, like a wake-up call, and that's what I hoped it would be, uh, which we found out later it wasn't a wake-up call in my opinion. But again, the biggest things are CK stepped up just everywhere, um, offensively and defensively with four blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, so biggest thing there, especially for a guy who only played 24 minutes, because I think we were doing Tom Welch even got some good minutes there, and we are noticing that extra few minutes going to a five, going to Tom Welch, kind of a small ball, but still the five-man nonetheless. So an interesting game, a lot closer than we wanted to be. But again, I think it was the fact that we just we, – we didn't give it to them, um, but the fact that we never really pulled away or they never really pulled away, it was just a – it was dogfight. And again, with the road dogs, as we say, right? So we find a way to win, and I think we did. Um, and I appreciate CK not really losing his composure late in the game, especially since we, he was the guy we were going to, right? I think there were plenty of times where he put up a shot, missed, but grabbed the rebound and put it back up again, right? So I'm really appreciative to see that. And then see other guys like Tate Hall and Tom Wells step up. I think that's really impressive, especially uh, just with the games that we need to win or pretty much the rest of them. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's touch on uh, Tom Welch a little bit because you mentioned him and how important he was in getting some of those minutes. I mean, again, like super efficient, 10 points in 10 minutes. Uh, I had two offensive rebounds that were huge, uh, an assist and a steal. Um, he's just playing so much better. Uh, it's it's obvious that he's playing with, like, more ease, and he's not thinking about things. He's letting the game come to him on both ends. He's playing smarter on defense. He's not – fouling as much not that that was ever a huge problem for him but considering he's you know six eight maybe on a good day sometimes he goes up against taller guys but he doesn't need to foul he doesn't need to to jump for head fakes he doesn't need to like swat at anything he just goes straight up make a play make it tough and and turn around and get that rebound right away and um one of the things i think i'm most impressed with him um is on the offensive end both uh, his athleticism, which I think we knew he had, but we just never really saw it on the floor. And then also, he has developed this really um, impressive way of, uh, like, they're alley-oops technically, like a high pass, catch, and finish before hitting the ground, right? But, like, you know, it's almost just like a layup. But it's so quick. He always knows where he is under the basket. Like, I never – I feel like I, he he never, like – makes any silly mistakes or has to double check to see where the rim is or anything like that. Um, and I think he had at least one, if not two in this game where I was like, how did he even know where the hoop was? And he's finishing it and it just looks easy for him. Um, so that's something that's impressed me with Tom. Um, I'm super excited for him, especially considering he's kind of a local guy. He's from Naperville. Um, and he's one of those guys that has put in the time, put in the work and the effort and now it's really showing for him that he is improved. He's getting the playing time. And I think his role is only going to get bigger if he keeps playing this way. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about him. Uh, the other two guys, I'll just mention them, and then you can you can take whoever whoever you want to talk about. Um, Tate Hall was, was outstanding in this game. Uh, 28 minutes, 11 points, 5 rebounds, 2 steals. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I know he had a – yeah, I think he had a steal where he – uh, just straight up picked a pocket and went the whole length of the court and made a layup or made a nice pass for a layup or something. Um, but he's just, he's just so gritty. Like, I mean, he's, he hustles every play. 
Um, he's gotten way better on at on ball defense as well. On ball defense against smaller guards. I think a lot of these small guards in the valley just think oh, I can take Tate Hall off the bounce. And it, I mean, yeah, once in a while, like he he gets beat, right? He's six seven, you know, six 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 seven. Uh, he bulked up, but he got quick too. Um, so I've been really impressed with that. And then the last guy, just quickly mention, um, I mean, is Lucas Williamson, but it's something that we haven't seen him do as a Rambler, and that's facilitate. And he had five assists in this game. He probably could have had about seven uh, if, if people would make shots uh, for him. But he's really had to step up that part of his game um, in the absence of Marquise Kennedy. And, yes, it has also led to more turnovers, which is going to happen because the ball's in his hands more um, than it ever has been in his whole career as a loyal Rambler. But you're starting to see, uh, at least in this couple couple weeks, um, these past few games, that he uh, is finding his teammates um, and knowing when to pass, knowing how to pass, sneaking passes in. He's become a better passer, or at least it's just showing now because he's, he's – He's had those opportunities, and he has more of them. So if you want to talk about any of those three guys, those were, besides CK, those were my, like, big highlights from from this game. Yeah, I think uh, Lucas, I'll say, for actually the Illinois State game, just as a recap for the three games. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest one is just really, uh, for me, Tate Hall. Just because, again, what what a – just thinking about it, a guy who used to start then step back and didn't start, and then now is finding the starting role due to an injury, which – Again, again, it's not that he couldn't get to the starting role. I think it was just I actually felt like, and I might have said this, that I loved him more a couple, leading the bench squad kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the biggest thing is that he's not afraid to shoot, uh, which a lot of guys aren't, right? This team lives and dies by three. It's it's if we have a great day by three, then we're the most deadly team out there in, in all of college basketball, and if we – if we have a really slow night, then we're kind of forcing shots and really that we're trying to think we're down by 20 and we can just shoot threes our way out of it. So it's an interesting dilemma, but I think Tate Hall has taken, taken his situation and be like, hey, I'm going to make the most of it and just is efficient, at least in this Valpo game. Um, and then we'll talk about really his minutes in other games. I think the only thing that we see from him and again, some of these stuff, it's, I don't know if it's really him, but just noticing a lot of him just getting into foul, not foul trouble. It's not like he's fouling out. Um, but really it's just like, he's always getting up there with the fouls. And I think like, again, it wasn't this game, but it's, it's just like, I don't want it to be ever a situation because I love Tate's defense. Um, so it's always like just having him on the court, I think is just impressive to begin with. Um, and I think he's a guy who actually, and it's a key, something I spoke about last week was just rebounding, right? He's a guy mm-hmm. who I will trust to grab a rebound for us. Oh, it might yeah. be a hard one, but I, for, for some reason, this in me is like, yep, he'll grab a rebound for us if we need it. So just the fact that he can produce offensively, but I'm not looking at him to like produce at such a high clip, but I'm expecting him to be plug in where he can, right? If he needs to shoot a three, he's not afraid to shoot the three. And if he needs to go get us a board, he won't, he won't be, he won't shy down from just getting up there to get a board. So that's the biggest one for me with Tate Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just the biggest thing is, uh, I, I don't know. It's like Valpo. We we both shot great, right? We 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 shot fifty percent. They shot fifty three percent from field goal. So again, it was a close battle. Um, and like you said, it came down to really one shot at the end. Did I? Did we think it was the game winner? No. We had fifty seconds left in the game, but it ended up being the game winner. So uh, quite a turn of events. Again, 
really interesting how this game took place. Again, the game before it was double overtime. So I don't know if it's when we play these teams or in the b- back of the valley, is it that they're stepping up or are we kind of playing a little bit less? It's, it's a great question, I think, and we'll talk about it maybe when the Illinois State recap. But it's something just to be intrigued by. It's like, well, we still have Evansville to play, right? And we still have you and I to play. And then if we are playing on Friday, we're playing someone from the back, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we, we got to make sure every game – and it's like really the valley is just it, it could be anyone's night like anyone says it's the valley and it really can be you you don't think some guy's gonna shoot three threes and in Bradley game I think we saw the guy shoot his most career threes that he's ever shot in his career right so Valpo game was kind of like that I expected Kobe King to go off but then you have Ben Cricky and Keither just have great games and I was like oh my god Thomas Keither I I he was getting me and he was getting me really annoyed in a mm-hmm. way just because he was always there. Um, and it's one of those things that's like SIU did that, right? They were just there. And the thing is, uh, and then Sheldon Edwards, like just chucking up threes. And I was like, come on with these threes. And he made five of nine for them. So over 50%. So you tip your cap there. But I think that what that tells you, in my opinion, where it's like you, Kobe King, quiet night, but Sheldon Edwards off the bench, man goes five of nine. Like you can't let those, let that happen in teams like Drake, you and I. Just because if we let if we can hold their bench guys, you can't have. Oh, sorry, if we can hold their starters, you can't have a bench guy go off. But I think this Valpo game was quite an interesting one to talk about, just because of the the way it ended. Just I didn't expect it to be this close, and it ended up being it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. I mean, I, I agree with you. I really didn't think it was going to be that this much of a battle. Um, but props to Valpo for for really giving us a good fight. Um, like I said, like, I, I just think they've underperformed. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, like they should, you know, they should be in third place in the conference or anything like that. But I really think they're better than what their record indicates. Um, I could say that for a couple teams in the Valley and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's just a little bit of a factor too. Of we're not as good as we thought we were like at, at Loyola, you know? Um, but either way, uh, this one was, was a, a fight till the end. Um, like you said, they got a shot at the end that could have won them the game. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, ultimately we end up pulling it out and winning by two. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm happy they won. Some guys stepped up for us that um, had had not had great games uh, in the past. So it was good to see that and uh, put that one in the bag. And, you know, in this case, we got a, we had a, another huge game coming up after that. So. Um, Lou, anything, any other thoughts on the, uh, the Valpo game? Hope we don't see him in Arch Madness. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're starting to say a lot of that about a lot of teams. <laughs> and then, and that's, and that's kind of the thing. It's like, I, I think we are underperforming at, well, when we play certain teams, right? Like I, it's, it, it's different when we're playing you and I's and Missouri States, but when we're playing certain teams, you're like, really, that's the performance we're putting out there. And it's just so frustrating. Like, we can't just say, oh, I hope we don't play anyone in Arch Madness because you, you got to play someone. You can't just go in and be like, oh, I'm going to buy my way through it and not play. Like, we got to step up at some point. And, again, I don't I don't know if the Valpo game was like saying, oh, we stepped up. But I think it was also just confusing because it was the game right after um, you and I, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, we just do this to you and I, but then we let Valpo nearly beat us. So, like, I think that's also the confusing part. You're like, what team is showing up? And then, okay, if if it's the same team showing up, then what what are we trying to do against the the different team that we're playing? So I think that's the other frustrating thing. You're like, holy crap, we just 
we just clobbered you and I. So what, why, what, what did we do differently? And again, I think it was the three point shooting, but can we do half of that or something like that? So mm-hmm. it, it, it is an interesting one, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll talk a little bit more of the next two games, even about that more. Yeah. So final score of this one, 71, 69, uh, coming home, feeling pretty good at least, you know, getting out of there with a win. And we have uh, one of our biggest games of the year. Uh, after that, it was at home to Drake. Uh, earlier in the season, we went uh, over to Iowa and dropped that one by nine points. Um, at the time, that was um, our worst loss, I would I would say. Um, Drake played really well in that game, and you know we. Uh, I'm trying to look back at the box score to remember entirely what happened, but in that first game, I think it was just uh, I, Lucas is over five in that game from three. Um, a couple other guys struggled, uh, and 16 turnovers. Uh, that's that's not good enough to get it done. So, just um, you know, it seemed like we had a good amount to improve on in that game, right? Like uh, we've we've seen Drake obviously before. Uh, they're sim- a very similar team to what they were last year. With you know the one exception being that uh, Yesufu is gone and and uh, Tucker DeVries, a top 100 recruit, uh, is there and is very very good. Um, and yeah, I, coming into this game, I, I felt pretty confident to be honest. I I thought they were just going to figure out a way to get it done. Uh, it was a sellout. I thought that was going to help a lot. Um, you know, I thought uh, we were going to shut down some of their guys that played. Uh, played well in the first game, like DJ Wilkins. I thought Roman Penn was going to have an off night. Um, and honestly, like I, I, the two guys that had probably the best games for them, I just didn't really believe in all that much. And that's Garrett Sturts and Tucker DeVries. And they showed me wrong. Um, uh, yeah, they, Loyola dropped this one 83-76. Um, definitely, uh, <laughs> I was there and you can probably still hear it in my voice a little bit. Uh, I'm a little hoarse from the game, but, um, uh, it, it sucked. I don't know how else to put it. Like this, this game was, um, probably one of the worst ones I've been to in a while. I mean, like I, you know, I, we go to a lot of games and, you know, all the games we go to are at home and they've just done so well at home in the past four years, five years that you just don't see them lose at home that often, right? Like, so seeing this one, um, it hurt a lot. And, and, and after the game, I kind of stuck around. I was kind of in shock. Kind of just wanted to see what was going on. And um, so I stuck around just for like five, ten minutes. And after the game, uh, at least three, if not more, players from Drake came back on the court. They were celebrating with their families. They were, you know, hooping and hollering and um, taking pictures. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I knew it was time for me to go home when I said when I yelled at them in an empty gym go back to Iowa. That's when I was like, yeah, I, I probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, I, should, I should probably get going. And the people I was with were like, yeah, it's time to go. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, but I, uh, you know, I, I, I get off tangent here. Um, final score, 8376. Uh, Lou, why don't you take this one away? Why don't you, why don't you give people the, the overview of the game, what you saw from it, uh, what went well or, or not well, and, and then I'll chime in afterwards. Yeah, so um, I think the, the biggest thing really that sticks out, right, is just the hot shooting from Drake to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think overall, though, from a game, it, it's two players that just stick with me because they're the ones who shot the most. But Garrett Sturtz and T- uh, Tucker DeVees, like, I'm, I don't mind them going off, right? Like, they're going to they're gonna have good games. 
but they both shot over 55% from field goal. Like, that's just like, wow, that's a really good game shooting. And it's more the fact that, like, we had to have found a way to defend, and I don't think we really did. Um, we were able to adjust to, like, Paige Prim in the second half. We were able to adjust to Isaiah Mosley. And this was the second game, and again, we did that in the second game against Missouri State, and that's what I was hoping for, right? I was like, hey, no worries that we're down, right? No worries that we're down eight. We're going to adjust like we kind of did for Missouri State second half. And it really wasn't, right? Like, yeah, we beat them. We, we did beat Drake in the second half by points, only scored in the second half. But they also put up 40 in the second half. We put up 45. So even though we like speed up and sped up our offense, they didn't slow down. And we didn't really slow them down. And I don't know if that's to the fact of, like, is that – us not playing that defensive-minded game and we're, like, playing catch-up and we just got to score, score, score. And is it the fact that we're checking up more threes? And it's, like, that's the thing that kind of stuck with me. And in the, the idea of that we're playing catch-up, I think that's what led to the horrendous ball handling of 18 turnovers. Mm-hmm. It just There's no way easy to say that 18 turnovers get you a win. Now, granted, people are going to be like, well, did they have, like, four? No, Drake had 16. Drake was not a clean game at all either but for a team that's down already you trying to fight back and turn over the ball it just hurts you even more right you lose a possession you lose that opportunity you waste clock you waste seconds on the clock and you're like we didn't get a bucket up we didn't even get a foul from them so it's stuff like that that's like wasted possessions by all these turnovers are just something that's really getting me now i think it's one player no, not necessarily. I, I appreciate you, your note on Lucas' um, last game recap, and I think I'll speak on to it and save it again for the Illinois State one. But some guys have maybe stepped or had to step up more with ball handling and holding the ball. Now, do I really think when we're in these situations, do we try to force some things? Yes, I think we are trying to force some things just because we know that, oh, hey, he's near, we can get it. So it's really tough to say. It's not like we're playing. It's not like we were down to Evansville or Indiana State. We're against Drake, who has everyone who can score. So the thing is, it's it's really not that like, oh, we can lock down one guy. You got to be careful of every possession. So I think the lackluster of taking care of the ball was just like, that was just tough to watch. Mm-hmm. I sadly wasn't able to make it to the game, and I really wanted to. But even just sitting at home, you're like, oh, God, and there's another one, right? So, and it's one of the first games in a while that I was like, I had to go back to the, the stat sheet just because Braden yeah, had six assists, but the re- like the rest of the team barely moved the ball, right? Usually you'll see even Ryan with a few assists because he's feeding some other guys or even Keith, but really it was just the starters helped pass the ball around and that was it. Like, so it was just kind of tough in that sense. Um, but yeah, again, it's this one was just tough because it's like, Oh, Drake beat us the first time. Hey, Missouri State did the same thing, but we're home now. Let's let's use our home home field advantage. And like you said, we've been a little bit we've been a little lucky, right? There's no denying we've been winning so much at home recently, right? So to have what we've lost twice now at home this year. Mm-hmm. I can't recall when's the last time we lost twice. What it might have been three seasons ago at home, right? Yeah. So it, it's definitely that's a little bit tougher as well. But this is Drake, and Drake's in the top five, and anyone in the top five right now has striking distance from making a run at being the top in the Valley. And do I think we're getting worse? No. I think we're not playing up to the expectation we set for ourselves early in the season. 
Do I think Drake is? No, I don't think Drake is either. I think some teams are definitely playing better, but I don't think we or we ourselves, Royal Ramblers, are playing to the level we in our heads we're like, oh, this is where they're gonna be. Um, and it's just like it's back to where the it's anyone's in the valley. No one's gonna only have two losses in conference play. You're gonna have three to five, maybe even six in some cases, right? So it's it, it's gonna be that way, I think that the Valley games are going to be in the rest of our weeks. What we're talking about the rest of our week is so important that every game is just win. And this game, we weren't able to just win. So that was tough. And it was tough that it was at home. So a lot of things that were just hanging our heads. And I think it was also even tougher just because the week before we played at home against a tough team and we played so well. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned it at the beginning, like Drake just came out red hot. They came out punches in the face. And uh, I think it took a while for us to recover from that. It took us the fir- whole first half to even look somewhat like the team that we know. And I'll be the first one to say it. I, I'm wrong. I was wrong and am wrong about Garrett Sturts and also Tucker DeVries being this good this early. Some of the, Garrett Sturts, first of all, played 40 minutes for Drake. He has 15 points, seven rebounds, four assists, five steals. Um, you know, this is, he's a great story. He was a walk on. His walk, his, he ended up earning a scholarship. Now he's a starter and might find himself on an all valley list somewhere, uh, in, in either defense or third team or something. I kind of just assumed, oh, he, you know, since they got so many good guys around him, he's getting open shots, this, that, the other. This dude is a baller. He really is. He goes out there. He's tough. He's making tough shots. He's undersized. He out rebounds. He hustles. And it's not just like layups and free throws. Like he's making jump shots, hook shots. He's a really good player. And I, for one, underestimated him. And I would imagine it would be possible for Loyola and their, and their staff to potentially underestimate him. On the other hand, Tucker DeVries is a hell of a basketball player. He, If he sticks at Drake for four years, he'll probably be one of the best they've ever had there. Um, he looks like an NBA player at 6'6", 6'7", uh, shoots lights out. You know, it, it, there is funny. Like, throughout the game, there would be possessions where Lucas was on him. And I was like, oh, man, Lucas is playing really well on him. Like, he's he's – I don't think he's shutting him down, but I, he's struggling, right? And then I look at the box score, and he's got 18 points. He's 5 for 10, and has hit a 3, and, like, is – Got six free throws. Like it, it just—he's one of those guys where you're like, wow, he he has played really well. And you know, maybe a lot of his buckets came against guys that aren't Lucas Williamson. I don't really know. I I haven't looked that closely. Um, but at times, I just felt like he was like a silent assassin. I guess. Um, on our side of the court, um, there was one moment for me that I I thought for sure we were getting back in this game. We had the opportunity. We were down five. It was with like. 10, let's see, 10 minutes left in the second half, maybe? Yeah, uh, 13 minutes left in the second half. Uguak gets a three, we're down five, and then Tucker DeVries turns it over, Lucas steals it. We have a two-on-one, Lucas and I here running the break, and uh, it, they Lucas tried to throw an alley-oop to here, he misses it, they get the ball back. It, like, here's the thing, it wasn't a bad decision. Like, a lot of times you could say, oh, alley that's silly. Why not just, like, bounce fast or whatever? He had them perfectly. These guys are grown men. They're 22, 23 years old. They have NBA-esque bodies. Um, they're probably the two most athletic guys on this team besides Marquise Kennedy. It was a great pass, um, and Bahir just missed it. Straight up, just missed it, hit it out of bounds. 
And it was just one of those things where, like, the, the gym would have exploded. Like, Gentile would have gone nuts. And then we're down three with 13 minutes left, and it's a whole new ball game. The even to make it even worse, like right after that, Sturts turns it over. We get another steal. We have a long possession, and it wasn't a really good position, possession. But here has a somewhat good look at three and misses it again. Could have gotten it to two. Then we foul. They score a bucket. Um, they went on a little run after that. It just was like. That was the moment for me that I thought for sure we're getting back in this game. It's a brand new game and, and it just, it's quite literally slipped through our, our hands. And it just, that was heartbreaking to see because it's a play I'm sure they've made a hundred times in, in practice or just messing around the gym or whatever. Um, so yeah, that one was, that one was, was pretty tough. Uh, kind of more generally, I don't, we got to talk about how good Lucas was in this game. Um, at times, for me, it felt like Lucas was out there playing his best ball, and and that was kind of it. Like, I mean, I thought Tate played pretty well in, in his kind of somewhat limited role. Um, you know, had a, had a few rebounds, had a couple assists, had a steal, uh, had a knockdown three. Um, uh, at times, I thought Ubach played pretty well. Um, Braden, it was kind of a rough night for him shooting the ball. Uh, didn't hit a three, oh three, but like we mentioned, did have six assists. And Schrieger off the bench, yeah, he did have a couple threes, which was nice to see. Um, but again, just like it feel felt like he's just not hitting shots. He was hitting earlier in the year, and I don't know what it is other than I think it's got to be mental at this point. It's got to be in his head because we've seen him for the first half of the season make all these shots and and look good, look simple and easy, and it flows and. You know, it just looks like he's been making them for his whole career. And now it just seems like he can't find the bottom of the net um, unless he's got a, a wide open three or uh easy layup. So, yeah, you know, in the box where it looks like he had a pretty decent game, but I think he could have played better. Um, the other guy I was happy to see get some good run uh, was St. Thomas. Um, he did play 12 minutes. He played some pretty significant time. I thought he had some pretty good moments. He had a, a really nice steal. Um, and then had a nice bucket where he backed a smaller guard down and just little simple hook shot five feet away from the hoop. It was really good to see him, um, do something, you know, to, to have something else other than shooting a three. Um, so that was nice to see. Would have liked to see Tom Welch play a little bit more, only played eight minutes. Um, and yeah, it's just, it was tough. We couldn't get anything going down low. Uh, both Tom and CK. Um, just really couldn't get anything going. Huddy only played three minutes, uh, didn't attempt a shot. And I think we just relied too much on our outside game. Um, it would have been nice to, to get CK going. He missed a couple easy layups in the second half. That was pretty frustrating. And it would have made, uh, Drake have to respect that a little bit more. And, um, yeah, he didn't, he didn't convert on a couple shots. So that was tough, but. Um, yeah, this one stung. Um, like I said, it, it sucked. Uh, I'm sure these guys felt it. I'm sure for some of these guys, um, namely probably Lucas, this has probably got to be one of the hardest losses, um, in terms of like the importance being at home. Um, one that they had to win or um, I guess almost had to win. Um, I think this one hurts. I think this one stings. Um, and I'm really happy that. Uh, knowing what I know now that they came out and won at Illinois State, 
Uh, looking at the schedule, it would be really easy to look ahead and, and look to Evansville, look to UNI, and they didn't do that, especially after a game like this where uh, it was heartbreaking. I don't know how else to say it. So, so yeah, I I kind of said my piece. Um, I, I feel bad because Lucas just had such an outstanding offensive game. He tied his career high uh, with 27 points. So um, I don't know if you've got what else you got, but, uh, yeah, this is, this is a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I think the two things for me, um, again, I, yeah, no, I appreciate you even saying it. And to, to be honest, I even forget about it, that Luke had such a great offensive game. Just because the game really, it's not like you couldn't tell. It was just like that wasn't the main focus, right? right. It, it, if it was the UNI game, you'd be like, yes, Lucas, you could see he was putting up 27 points. But this game, it was like, it was just other stuff that had to be watched. Um, I, I guess my thing is like, I'm looking at the, the stats of NBC, right? And one thing is Garrett Sturts is second in field goal percentage mm-hmm. uh, behind Chris Knight. So maybe could we have played better defense? I don't know if that was a scouting mistake there on him. Um, but the biggest thing really for me was it wasn't even the turn, like the turnovers were, but the biggest thing for me was second half defense. There were a few plays I marked it down, like eight minutes left and then five minutes left. And within those times, we were like six, seven points away. And so a stop would have gotten us potentially then four points away or five points away, right? So then it would have, we would have chipped away at it. And the time, the things were that guys just kind of gave up, like they got beat and the, 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 they, Drake just went to the rim, right? There was a time I think we're switching and they just, no one didn't know who to cover and just went to the rim. And it almost reminded me of, I think the UNI game, it, it exactly reminded me of the UNI game. When we did that to you and I, where AJ Green was trying to guard Lucas and Lucas just dumped it off down to uh, here on the court in the kind of at the box, um, and uh, here just went up right, and then uh, AJ Green just seen goes, oh well, what? Why are you double teaming him? Went in, and that was kind of our that was where we were at right. They would just find a way, and then someone would just be there. What I think at the end might have been like Tank Temple. I think had a few buckets there at the end. Even Roman Penn went up. So guys. Um, that I just didn't see the whole entire game. I was like, oh, where are these guys? And all of a sudden they're finding buckets there late at the game. So that was kind of something for me that, again, I don't know if it was similar to the Bradley game. Bradley game, we were just, I think, just all gassed out. Um, that I was really just like, oh, I think we're, I think we're just, we're just not doing it right. But it was like, yeah, with like three minutes left, I think we were down five and then Garrett's shirts found a way into the paint and it was just like the the way we, they were slicing and dicing our defense right was just like they were finding a hole in it and they used it to their advantage and they were drilling the shots so i think that was something that a drake team or you and i team in missouri state would definitely take advantage of but really any valley team can take advantage of just breakdown on the defense which we'll talk about a few times we saw in the Illinois state game but it's even just tougher because we were trying to fight back and we just couldn't, right? So I think that's what just makes it like, ah, damn, we we were always within striking distance but could never just, like, finish it there at the end, right? So, yeah, with a minute 25 left, we were down four. And it was like, oh, can we do it? And then Tucker DeVries hits a three. And you're like, yeah. ah, got it. And then right after Tucker DeVries hits the three, Brayton turns it over. And it was like, damn, come on. And it was just like, it it wasn't that you weren't expecting them to hit a three, but it was like the next play we we gotta have our head up and not look to turn over the ball. So stuff like that. Again, I think this game really just where we are in the schedule. It's a game we gotta put in the tape and be like, 
you got to show up for the Evansville game, the UNI game, and this is the tape you use going into Arch Madness, right? It's mm-hmm. like, this is the tape that is a, a recent game, right? And then you can show the UNI tape. Like, I think UNI tape is great to see what works, but it also doesn't help because when you play a week difference and this is the different team that showed up, you're like, we played much better against you and I. Why couldn't we play like half as good as that? So I think this is a game that is going to be instrumental. And like you said, it really just kind of turned our season a little bit, right? And thank God now we know what we know about the Illinois State game. But it was like, this has set us up, and I really don't have any more to talk about, but it set us up for it be like, we need to win the rest of our games. Like there's there's just no question about that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's right. That's the key. That's it. You just got to go out and win games. And it doesn't matter at this point how it happens. Um, it, if nothing else, this game uh, made made the picture far more clear, right? There was no more gray area. Uh, I, I really I think talking about an at-large bid is really silly at this point. It's not a productive conversation. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's just not a productive conversation. It's, it's very um, slim. And, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, at least we know that all we got to do, we got to win these next three games. If we win the next three um, after the straight game, then we assure ourselves postseason. And then if we win three more games after that, we assure ourselves the NCAA tournament. So, um, yeah, uh, it, I, I, it, it left me speechless. I mean, quite literally speechless because I had lost my voice or almost um, I at one point. Uh, you would have been proud of me. There was, was <laughs> well, so another thing we didn't even talk about, there was 51 fouls called in this game, which was, it was just maddening. It, it was frustrating. It was disappointing. It was, it was, it made me angry. It, it like was, it boggled my mind both ways. I mean, there was fouls called in Drake that weren't even close. And then there was times when they would call a jump ball on stuff that hadn't been held for more than half a second. And then on the other side, there was a ball that was held for, three seconds and they didn't call a jump ball and if they just called like it went out of bounds <laughs> so at one point um the whole stadium was pretty quiet i forget why and i, <laughs> I yelled at the ref i go hey ref i hope your wife loves you at home because no one here does and that was that's probably my best one and i i felt i felt pretty proud of it because it's clean you know i, I don't want to i don't want to hurt his feelings too bad but sometimes sometimes you got to let him know um but yeah, I mean that not to be silly, like fifty-one fouls is it's egregious. It's 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 they should be ashamed of themselves for having this game get out of hand enough where there were fifty-one fouls able to be called. Like as a referee, you need to rein that in quickly. You need to be very clear about what's a foul and what's not a foul so that the players can understand and, and adjust their games. And it wasn't like one – we had 26, they had 25. So it was clear that it wasn't even – I'm not complaining that we didn't get, like, a fair shake at it. It's just that's it, – it makes that game almost unwatchable. It's not fun to watch a game where every 30 seconds there's a whistle being blown for a foul. That's not fun basketball. Um, and it's not really the way that it's meant to be played or meant to be refed. Um, so that was frustrating. You know, that, that just added, it's a cherry on the cake, right? Or whatever you want to call it, cherry on the float. It just like, it, it, it sucked for reasons of, you know, unfortunately we lost. It sucked for reasons of the refereeing was not the best. 
And uh, it sucks because it was Drake. And, uh, you know, it's someone that we have a little bit of, of beef with. And they outplayed us. It's as simple as that. It's not that we we didn't. I mean, we, you know, I, I know we turned the ball over a lot, but they outplayed us for sure. And it, I hope it leaves a sour taste in their mouth. I hope we get to play them again. I think we can beat this team. I have the full faith in our in our guys to go beat them. The part for me that was a little disappointing was the coaching. Um, I thought Drew, uh, you know, God love him. Um, I think he just thought. We're going to get him at home. We're going to give him the same. We're going to put our five or seven best on the floor as much as we can. And we're going to just outplay him. And that wasn't the case. Um, I think he got outcoached at times. I think he waited too long to call timeouts. Um, in the, right in the first couple of minutes, he probably should have called a timeout, uh, within two minutes when they went up, uh, 16 to, uh, before they went up 16 to five, he called a timeout. They probably should call a timeout. Before that, uh, when it was 10 to 2, and it was clear that we weren't really ready to go. Um, I, I, the only adjustment I can tell that he made from game one to this game, from first game of Drake to the second game, was St. Thomas playing more minutes. And I'm not saying I don't like that. I thought that was a good move. Um, it just, there was, there was times when it was obvious Drake knew exactly what was coming their way. And they would they would cut passing lanes and and make you know three or four maybe five times just jumping passing lanes about you know Lucas is driving from left to right through the lane he's got two guys on him he he does that kind of jump up and throw like skip pass to the left back to the left corner there shouldn't be a guy there that's why that should work but Drake had scouted it well enough to make sure that that guy that's usually down on the post. Uh, or, or his, if his man's down there is leaking out to be able to cut that pass off. And it happened more than once. And, you know, that, that is coaching. That is for sure. Um, you know, telling your guys, Hey, don't make that play or divide, you know, write up a play where that guy cuts back door rather than just stays in the corner or comes higher up around the overload one side of the court so that they, there's no reason for a defender to be over there and he can actually see the guy he's passing to. So I, I thought he got out coached. Um, uh, I guess tip of the hat to Drake's staff and to Coach DeVries um, for, for you know, doing that. But I, I just thought Drew, um, you know, he's got a long career ahead of him. He's got he's just got a short uh, career so far. I think it's something for him to grow and learn on and get better at. Uh, and I, I hope we see them again. This is – we were just saying I don't want to play Valpo. I want to play Drake. I w- there, there is no way that we should be – allowing a team to beat us three times in the same year. So I hope we get them. I hope we knock them off. Um, but props to them for, for winning this game. Um, what else you got, Lou, about the about this great game? No, I love your point, and maybe I'll save my rebuttal kind of not a disagreement, just a little add-on about just the coaching, not just Drew, but the rest of what's going on um, mm-hmm. for the next game. But, yeah, in the that, that you're exactly right. That cross court pass or whatever you wanted that heave across the way got picked off multiple times yeah. like it was watching the qb just get picked off in the end zone and he just knew it was nearly going to happen just because it kept getting picked off the entire game yeah yeah it was frustrating i mean i understand it is a little bit on lucas he's got to be better but the coaching staff needs to point that out to him um and i just I, I know we, we have our, our action that we run, um, and I just haven't seen a ton of counteraction to it. Uh, 
you know, little plays that we'll draw up. The, the out-of-bounds plays are great. I feel like we score quite often on those. Coming out of timeouts, I feel like we score on those. But it's those middle-of-the-game adjustments where it's more than just one play. It's let's run this three, four, five times in the next five minutes or ten minutes because they, they don't expect what's coming. So I hope we're saving the best for last in the UNI game and then the tournament. Um, I hope we can draw some stuff up, but uh, there needs to be some adjustments made from the coaching staff as well, uh, not just the players. So that's all I got. Uh, do you want to move on or, or are, you, are you done on Drake? Yeah, Drake, Drake tough and the whole national uh, attention uh, is really just saying that this game really meant a lot to the resume of Loyola. It it does. It did. It's our worst loss of the season. It's a quad three loss. Um, But, uh, you know, got to move on and and win the next one that's in front of you. And luckily, our guys did do just that. Um, Today, just minutes before we started recording, um, our Ramblers traveled down uh, down state to Bloomington Normal to take on uh, the Redbirds uh, of Illinois State. And um, they uh, have not had a great season, uh, to put it kindly. Um, they are tied for second to last, uh, just above Evansville. Um, even though they haven't played all that great, they have a very dynamic offense. Um, Antonio Reeves is, I think, the top scorer top in the Valley. In the Valley, yeah. Yeah, averaging over 20 points a game. And then, uh, unfortunately, they lost Cy Chapman for the year to an injury. But Josiah Strong is, is uh, does a lot of good things for them, and Kendall Lewis can score in a lot of different ways. Um, they average over 75 points a game, which I probably should have looked up, but I would imagine is at least top three or four in the Valley. Um, and they have a couple of big guys that they, they rotate in and out, and Liam McChesney and Ryan Schmidt, who um, they're not outstanding by any means, but they uh, can buy their shots and um, um, – yeah, they, they rebound pretty well as well. So um, this one was I, – I, it's another one where, like, I just wasn't expecting this outcome. Um, the final score is 59-50. to 50. Uh, We won. Well, we won. Um, especially just after, like, what we watched. I, I was kind of expecting them to play better off, uh, offensively. Um, but – before we get in, I know what everyone kind of wants us to talk about, I would imagine, which is like the lack of offense, people having bad nights. I I think, at least I would like to talk about how good their defense was because I don't see a lot of chatter about it um, online. This defense held Illinois State to 50 points. Um, they created 20 turnovers, uh, which is outstanding. Um, and they held... Antonio Reeves to 15 points, which is, you know, lower than his season average. Um, I, I just, I really thought that they played great on ball defense. I loved what I saw out of Tate and Ahir, um, in addition to Lucas, of course. But those three, I thought, played excellent on ball defense. I thought Braden did at times as well. Um, but those three guys in particular, I thought, played excellent defense. Um, the rebounding, although it wasn't strong to start the game, I thought they corrected it within seven or eight minutes into the game. Uh, I think they probably gave up four or five offensive rebounds within the first five minutes and then only gave up nine total, uh, which still is not a great number, but I, they, they corrected it. Um, 
And yeah, I just thought it, like we had 11 steals, uh, a couple key ones that led to some some easy buckets, a couple steals that uh, led to missed layups. Um, I'm Ryan Schweiger, uh had two I can remember missed layups. I'm not saying they're like wide open, but it's a two on one situation. You have position. He should be making those shots and didn't. Um, which again, I we talked about it earlier. It's just, uh, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm worried about Ryan Schwieger for sure. Uh, he's got to have a bounce back game here in the next two. I know he's more than capable of doing it. I full faith that he can hit some shots, make some tough ones and make the easy ones as well. Um, but yeah, that was one thing that was kind of worried, worrisome for me. Um, it, yeah, I mean, you, you can talk about the defense if you want, Lou, or if you want to take it away, just talk about what you thought about the whole game. Uh, but this, what, what'd you think of the Illinois State game? Yeah, um, I think you and I were texting about it or we chatted about it, but it was it was our 15-9 marker in the game that really just like all of a sudden it was a completely different game. They go on a 6-0 run, it's 15-15. Then they go on, uh, then it's 19-19, right? And then it was like, what, like, I think that took nearly 10, maybe seven minutes right in the first half there. Mm -hmm. But I was like, what, what is going on? And it was just like this back and forth, and you and I think even the announcers said it for I, for those listening at home, it was kind of tough to really listen, just because of the audio for some reason for me. But they mentioned that like you thought with a six point lead under ten, so that's what it was. We were under ten minutes at fifteen nine. You thought okay, Loyola kind of will open up the lead a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And we did not. Like it was it was nineteen nineteen with four thirty four left. And then from the last four minutes on, we just decide to be like, oh, yeah, we have an offense. Like, mm-hmm. we know what we're doing. And it was like, okay, go off. Like, you and I – or, sorry, not you and I, sorry. Illinois State's only able to score four points, and we score what, again, what we all thought was going to be uh, 17 points. But, again, that last three didn't count, supposedly. But mm-hmm. I'd love to see an official replay of it. But, again, what we saw was uh, 14 uh, points to – run at the end and it was great you're like oh this is a great way to end the half what a momentum to start like to be end the half and it was great so those last four minutes were like holy cow and then you're like wait where where did those last four minutes go because nearly the first four minutes no one could score mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was such an interesting back and forth i think it's the long droughts from like absolutely long droughts of not scoring um and um that's what Loyola kind of used to run into I used to remember even with Porter with like recent years like maybe the year before this there were games where it's like we would go on droughts mm-hmm. with, with with minutes like it wasn't like oh three possessions it was like oh hey the last four minutes Loyola hasn't made a field goal like yeah we maybe made a few free throw here and there but field goals no and nearly the end of this game we didn't we didn't make field goals. So it, it's really interesting how our offense had a slow night, but our defense kept us kept us the lead. I think that's what mm-hmm. it is. Um, we turned the ball over uh, horrendously in this game, 17 turnovers. Um, so, but again, then they turned the ball over 20 times. So again, the fact that our defense was able to also pull us out of a bad kind of offensive game that's where it's like you haven't really seen that recently, in my opinion, where the defense is the one that actually stepped up to hold us, mm-hmm. right? 
our you and I was offense. The Drake game, we were trying to just shoot better than they were already shooting better, right? Our defense wasn't there. And the Bradley game, it was like certain games like that. And even the 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 Valpo game, they Valpo shot at 50%, right? So like our defense wasn't locking teams down necessarily from not scoring, but our defense in this game was like, we're going to lock them down from not scoring because we're only going to hold them to 50 points in the game. Now, granted, they held us also 59 points as well. That's not a high-scoring game. But our defense didn't let our lose those, right? Even though our offense wasn't really clicking, our defense was like, hey, we're going to step up and at least defend. And it comes from guys like Keith Clevins taking a charge. I think Hahir took a charge, right? A lot of charge taken in this game um, and a lot of fouls that happened in this game, especially on the Illinois State side. So really interesting overall. Um, but um, nearly as many fouls called in the Drake game. But these fouls were actually committed, in my opinion. A lot of them were just uh, – some of them, though, were, were falls. I do see that. Um, I have one discussion for you about <laughs> a certain foul that mm-hmm. I saw. But, um, but yeah, it, it was something I hadn't seen in a while, was mm-hmm. that our defense is what kept us in there. Now, I don't know. I, I want to let you kind of dictate how, what players we want to go into because I think I have one note about the coaching staff that I want to explore, but I uh, want to hear what players we want to talk about first. Um, yeah, for me, uh, I mean, I, Uglock really stepped up. Um, I thought he played, like I said, played great defense. Um, he had some shots when we needed him to. A couple really nice fast break um, layups, um, some tough ones. Uh, you know, in his typical I hear Uglock way where it's like, is he going left? Is he going right? How is he finishing? Where did that go? How did that go in? Right? It's like, it's not a bad shot. It's They're usually good shots. It's just like the way that he, the process that he gets to get the ball into the hoop is always a ride. Um, yeah, I thought he played really well, uh, especially for like not hitting a three, uh, 17.7 rebounds, uh, an assist to steal a block, um, only two turnovers, which I think is an okay number for him. Um, played 33 minutes. I just thought there was a couple times where he hit some tough shots that really got us out of some, some tough jams. Um, I thought, uh, I thought Tate Hall played outstanding again. Um, 33 minutes, that's gotta be a season high or very close to it. He's playing more and more minutes. I really like seeing him on the court. Um, he just, I, I have a lot of confidence in him. Uh, one bad play, in my opinion, was that, tra- that uh, travel that he had with like a minute left to go. It's just one of those things. You just can't have that happen. But uh, 11.7 rebounds, three assists, two steals, uh, was one of two from three. Um, I just thought he played outstanding. Um, uh, Tom Welch, great, great game for Tom Welch on both ends of the court. My favorite play was that block shot, uh, run down, pass it up, run down the court, get a dunk. That was, that was fun. That's something I haven't seen. I don't know if we've had, I mean, Cam didn't do that really. Um, no, 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 no. Big Frank wasn't doing, like Big Frank wasn't doing that. I mean, I, you know, before that, I guess maybe like Andre Jackson, maybe if you could consider him like a, a big, um, might have done that a couple times, but that was just one of those special plays where like, it's like, okay, Tom, yeah, yeah, let, love to see that. Um, he was five to six from the floor, got a couple rebounds, um, a little bit of foul trouble, which was a bummer, but, uh, yeah, I loved what I saw from him. Even the guys who didn't have great games, like Lucas, only had seven points, uh, two of eight from the floor, but still had seven rebounds, three assists, and three steals. Um, and just, he, this was honestly probably one of his best defensive games, I think, uh, that I've seen in a while. Um, just always bothering guys. He's on Antonio Reeves for a while. 
where he shot four of 12. He was on strong for a bit, four of 11. Like he really just was, he was bothering a lot of guys. He was, he was in guys' hip pockets all night long. Um, I saw a little clip after the game and he looked exhausted and for good reason because he played his tail off 34 minutes. Um, some of the shots that he was missing, they'll go down. I'm not worried about it. I think I'm more impressed that we were able to pull out, pull out a W with Lucas only scoring seven points. Um, that hasn't happened in a while uh, for this team, especially without Marquise Kennedy. So i like to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the other guys, Chris Knight, obviously wanted more from him. Braden, he's a warrior, 34 minutes on the floor. He had nine points, nine rebounds, uh, and two assists. Um, did have six turnovers. Definitely not his best game. Uh, I think we'd probably be looking at the stat line a little different if that three-pointer had counted at the end of the first half. But, um, yeah, I, I thought he played okay. It definitely could play better. Um, but yeah, so I think I just kind of literally talked about every single player. But um, I, I know a lot of people – this happened at the Southern Illinois games too. I like these kind of games. I think this is impressive. I think this shows character. I think going on the road is tough. Holding a really good offensive team to 50 points, this is the type of game that, like, I think they can build something off of and go into the next one feeling pretty good about their defense and saying, okay, we just played an excellent defensive game. Let's do that again. Just focus on the defense and the offense will come. Um, and I, I enjoyed this game. I know it was kind of tough to watch at some points. A little bit at the end was a little frustrating, but they pulled it out. They won by nine on the road. Um, so I, uh, yeah, that's what I got to say. I'm glad that we we found a way to win the game. Yeah, so uh, I had to look something up uh, about this game. Just that, just that was making me really oh, no. intrigued. And it was more about the the ways we win, right? Our last three games of the regular season last year, mm-hmm. last year, this ain't like five years ago, we beat Valpo at home, fifty four to fifty two. Mm-hmm. And, and sorry, just to read it, our last three games are all at home, and it was after the 50-51 to 51 loss to Drake in OT. Okay, okay. And we scored 50 points in OT. That means we had <laughs> a game and a half or a quarter, whatever it is, and yeah. only scored 50 points. Valpo, we scored 54-52 to 52 win. Southern Illinois, we only win by eight, 60-52. And then we beat Southern Illinois by seven in overtime, 65-58. to 58. Mm-hmm. Those games, right? We only win by single digits. All those three games, right? We blew out Missouri State by nearly thirty and twenty at mm-hmm. both their home arenas. Now, granted, no home crowd. I'll give you that, right? Mm-hmm. But like, people got to realize that we're not known to blow out teams, right? That's what I think that some people are realizing. And I wanted to make a tweet about it, really. And I do think maybe tomorrow. You and I will come up with something, and it's like the Illinois State game last year, right? I think we blew them out by 30, I'm looking. And that was just a – I was like, whoa, garbage time. Everyone was playing, right? Like I think Demise Anderson played at that game, right? Oh, yeah, yep. But then we lost it. Like we, we are not known as the team to put up 70-plus points. And this game – and I wanted to save it for tonight's episode because I go back to what Drew said at actually – and it summarizes the last two games, in my opinion, or even the last three, let's be honest. But it brings me back to the point what Drew said about the open practice. He goes, wow, look at how many points we put up, and I'm the defensive like coordinator, or whatever you want to call him, right? Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I think we kind of are putting up, letting teams score more points than we should. Mm-hmm. 
Now, again, it's a lot different when someone said the stat tonight. We were like the number one scoring defensive team last year, and we're top 25 this year, right? Top 25 is amazing still, right? Like, yeah. to be top 25 is still great. I think it's just like we got used to being maybe the number one scoring defense, right? And everyone loved hearing that. We're a great stat. But the thing is, we are not a team to also put up so many points. Like, we never were a team to drop more than, I think, 65 at a good a good day, right? Mm-hmm. We were consistently 60s and maybe high 50s on a close, really close game. So that's why, like, to me, the stat of any time we scored over 70, we won. And then, uh, sadly, Saturday, that went away. Um, but this game, to me, just nearly reminded me of games where it's like Porter or anyone, Loyola just found a way to win. <laughs> And that's what it was. Um, again, the biggest things for me were just uh, it was just a scrappy game in the second half. No yeah. one was scoring, and everyone scored really slow and then finally found some things. We we even had our largest lead was with seven minutes left in the second half, 13 points. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really – we didn't push. And that's the thing. It was like our defense kept us in it because our offense couldn't just extend that lead. That's mm-hmm. what it was when it's the fact that we had a 13-point lead. Okay, we give maybe a 6-0 run at most, right? Okay, no, it was really probably a 4-0 run. So, okay, we're up by nine. We couldn't get back to 50. We couldn't get back to 14 points. We were within, and then again, the game ends in a single-digit win. Or not single-digit, sorry, just a nine-point win. So it was like, you know what? Really, when you think back, it's like that's what we've done for years. We're not a team to drop 80 points. Like, I don't know what people think we're supposed to be offensively these giants. So it it is intriguing to me. I kind of like it, like you said, in the way that I like it that our defense did really well. The SIU games, I think we everyone just played horrendously. I don't know if our defense played really well. I just think SIU also played horrendously. That's Mm -hmm. my take. But this game, our defense definitely was like guys are taking charges. Things were there, and our offense just wasn't there because we were also sloppy. So, yeah, I don't know. It just bothered me that people, like, it seemed like people were expecting us to win by 80. Like, we're not a team, or we're not, we haven't been a program in recent years to do that. Right. So, to play a Valley team and win by nine, yeah, that's good. Like, we won. That's what we have didn't. Like, I don't understand this thing of, like, Valley teams can't beat us. Like, no, Valley teams have beaten us. Yeah. And they can beat us. We've, we've dropped the ball in plenty of years. And last year I looked at it right now. I can't believe we lost it in the Illinois or sorry, Indiana state. Right. Like you just can't believe that kind of thing. Right. Um, Cause if we do that this year, people would be like, Oh my God, end of the season. So it really is just makes me laugh because it's like, now it's just find a way to win. That's what this game was for me. Find a way to win. And that's what I want going the rest of the week. Um, again, tip our cap. Loyola has to play three. This is the first of three games in the next less than what so the next six days five days whatever yeah count it right yeah and one senior night so maybe emotional because we actually will be having seniors graduate this year yeah. you know, we we maybe have question marks about two of them but really it's about winning the rest of the way no matter how we do it and if lucas no can only score seven but we need a here to drop 17 and tate to drop 11 and then welch to drop 10 i'm fine with it i really don't care at this point yeah i care about quality minutes about guys getting in there who deserve to get in there and are going to show me that they can play um, and really that we can be the next guy up. That's what we just need. I don't need, oh, we're going to have Ryan score 20 tonight. No, I just need next guy up. That's all I need for these next three games in the Arch Madness. 
because what Arch Madness, I look back and I think my favorite thing when I was thinking about things, it's like pretty sure Arch Madness, Keith Clemens led us against Drake or against one of the games. Like, I don't care who leads us in points score. I really don't. I don't even care if we win 48. Like, it's going to look sloppy, but right now at this point, our resume just needs wins, and it doesn't matter how we get the win, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. I like one of the things, and I, I don't want to like come down too hard. Also, like, I don't know if you have any more thoughts about the actual game, but if not, I kind of have just like one question that. No, this game, this game for me was just, it dictate, like, it, it, it hit a light bulb. I'm like, this is how the rest of the week's going to go. Like, that's what it's going to be. So, no, this game was a win. You kind of, you went through every player, let's be honest. No one wants to hear yeah. me go through every player again. But, um, yeah. Oh, one fun, sorry, one fun fact. Here we got 7-11 from free throw. And the one thing I love, he faked a three and drove. That was a highlight mm. play. For me. The fake three and drove and got nearly, I thought the guy grabbed him, but the 7-11 from free throw, love seeing that from me here. Love. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I think the games are going to be like this the rest of the week. Uh, play again on Wednesday, and then the season finale is on Saturday, which I thought it was on Friday, so I, someone else might be thinking the same thing. The last game is on Saturday at Northern Iowa. Um, the one kind of question I want to talk about that will kind of send us out here, um, and I, I, I'm trying not to, like, be too specific, um, but more than a few people on Twitter have either said in one way or another, what is wrong with the team? Why is this team worse? Are we not good? You know, and we kind of just were starting to brush on it. There's a lot of context for this question, and I like I could hear it in your voice. It kind of is annoying to an extent, or like uh, that people just expect that we're going to be outstanding. There, we got to remember this team wasn't even picked to win the Valley this year. We were picked to be second, which is still good. You know, we had a lot of returning guys, but that context is important. We outplayed, I think, our peripherals. We outplayed our expectations in the in our non-conference schedule, right? Not having a bad loss, then going and winning it against San Francisco, which was a huge game, uh, in which I thought we played outstanding. And then, you know, we faced the gauntlet, which is the Missouri Valley Conference turn or uh, regular season. Um, there's some good teams that got some guys healthy, and unfortunately, we have we have an injury of our own. Marquise Kennedy has been out for two weeks. Um, he is a very important part of our team. Uh, he is an, a level of athlete that is very um, outstanding to the Valley, very unique to the Valley. There's not a lot of other six foot, six foot two guards in our league that can jump like him, that changes direction like him, that is as quick or, or aggressive or physical as he is. Um, in addition to that, he's a darn good ball handler. He is smart. He has he's shown that he can make the correct pass. Um, and we're seeing that he, like, his lack of play is really affecting us. At times, we seem like we're missing a ball handler on the court. Lucas has done a great job to take up some of that slack. And, and he, we've seen it in his assist numbers. We've also seen it in his turnover numbers. Um, you know, Braden is doing his best job to play all 40 minutes. And I think if it was up to him, he would play all 40 minutes. Unfortunately, like, we've, our guards off the bench, have not been as good as we thought they'd be. Keith Clemens, you know, I love him. He's an awesome rambler. He's made history, all that kind of stuff. He hasn't been as good as we thought he'd be. T.Y. Johnson is not ready yet. We're missing that guy. And and, and to have him not play, I think, is very important um, to the context of why we're looking like we are right now. Uh, when he comes back, I hope he's fully healthy. And if he's not, 
we are holding him out until he he is because he's that important and his health is the most important thing. Um, but when he comes back, I think you will see it almost immediately and, and take that pressure off Lucas and take that pressure off Braden and be able to these guys like Uguak and Tate Hall to get open rather than have to create for themselves. Um, that's not what their best skills are. So when people ask, yeah. are we getting worse? My answer is no. There's a lot of context, and I think that we are showing that we're a tough team that is missing one of our best players right now. Go, but please, go ahead. No, just the one point there with the rotation. Tate is filling in the starting role. He's not a ball handler. So, yes, we're losing a ball handler in not having Marquise Kennedy out there. And even when Keith comes in, he's not in for long enough, and he doesn't make the same impact, I think, this year as maybe he did in previous years, right? Um, but the real thing for me is, like, you mentioned it, and I just had to look it up before. Um, we, were tapped, we were tapped second for the preseason poll. We were actually only up nine votes to you and I, which I think is ridiculous in my opinion, just because preseason I said you and I only had A.J. Green. I literally said that. So I was like, we would be ahead of them. But I definitely think we had higher expectations for the team, and they're just not hitting all of them, right? Like, if I might go listen to, like, a, the first episode of the season or whatever we actually stated our expectations. Like, I expected Ahir Ugok to be playing at NBC Player of the Year caliber, right? That is completely not happening. But he has had games where, like, oh, my God, if he was able to play it like this every game, I'd be like, holy cow, right? Like, even today's game, I, if he played like that consistently, I'd be like, Oh, easily. Averaging 17 points, probably eight rebounds nearly, maybe one or two steals a game or something like that, right? Like, Valley Player of the Year. So, I think my own expectations are not being met, but I don't think the team is, like, failing. Like, I don't understand why people think, like, it's we're losing to Drake, and Drake's beating us by the shots they're doing, it, and we're playing tough Valley games. Like, that's what we've done before. Like, that's the thing that I don't understand – Loyola finished the regular season last year barely beating uh, Southern Illinois to finish the regular season. So then that team went to the Sweet 16. So it's like, what, what, maybe do people think we, and I, to be honest with you, it is getting frustrating or annoying a little bit that some of our own fans think we have this high standard, but then some of the other people think that we're just drinking the Kool-Aid and not really realizing what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think some people do know what's going on, um, and I think a lot of our listeners know that, like, yeah, we're, we're, this is the valley you win. And we have the expectation, like, we just want to win. We don't, we don't care if it's pretty. We don't care if Lucas scores five and Tom Wells scores 22. I really don't care. Um, but it's the fact that they know they need to go out there and win and they will get it done. That's the thing is that they will go out there and get it done. So I, I think that's the critical thing, uh, really is that speed of the team that goes out there and get it done and, the fact that it ends our regular season at probably the biggest game of the year, which the Valley probably loves that TV time is going to be coming down to that potentially. Mm-hmm. But um, that's just what it happens, right? It just, that's what it's going to need. Um, I don't know. Well, yeah, I think when we clinched the regular season the first time a few years ago, it was like at home and I think we already had a lead. So th- this one, we got to beat Evansville to continue it on because everyone's right there. They're one game away. What, Missouri State's a game behind us, Drake's a game behind us, so it is not like there's breathing room or separation like I think we said there would be. I think we did say, oh, we'll be at the top tier. We'll be at the, there, there'll be a separation of teams. Like, nope, 
top five are all right there. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the top five have all beaten each other once or twice. Now, granted, Drake's the only thing we haven't beaten at least once, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so besides that, we've beaten every team once, but then also every team so far except for you and I hasn't beaten us or has right. beaten us. So it's like the Valley's top five right there are there. Like there's no question that everyone's there. So – I don't know, it gets us frustrated, and maybe we've gone on two tangents, but it's like, we just gotta win at this point. There's no, we don't have a stellar, like, I loved your point. Our non-conference, we were just like, oh, we had two bad, we didn't have two, we had two good losses, right? That was what we kept coming out of, right? And then the San Francisco game, yes, oh, what a game. And then, and now it's like, I could care less about, like, San Francisco game was great, but right now we just gotta win. I don't, like, I'm not gonna lose these next two games and be like, oh, but we got the San Francisco game. Right. Like this is, that's just not a thing we can say or do. And I can't be like, oh, but we lost to Auburn, one of the number one teams in the country. Like, no. Like, that's just not. And that maybe that also is just, it sucks, right? Like, you look at some teams in the Big Ten or Big 12 or whatever, they lose, they have more loss than us, right? But they're playing teams that are in top 25 all the time. So it's just what we, what we get, maybe the hand dealt to us because we're in majors or just also the season we're having. I don't want to hear the whole San Francisco game. Like, no, we got to win the next two games. That's that's what the agenda is. It's not like, oh, look what we did a month ago nearly. It's what we got ahead of us. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, like you said, there's no other thing. Just got to win these games. Um, winning cures everything, right? Winning cures all all ills and all ailments. And, uh, yeah, they, they got two games ahead of them. They got one on Wednesday. They got to focus on that. Got to get the W. Again, it might not be pretty. But it doesn't matter. They got to win that game and then knuckle down, go to Iowa, beat the Panthers. And again, it doesn't matter how that one happens. If we win, we're sure to play a, a spot in a playoff tournament. So our postseason tournament. So there's good things on the horizon. And you know what? If they lose, then we also have to be gracious in our defeat and hope that we can win an Arch Madness, you know? So. So yeah, um, I, that's kind of all I got. I, it's been a long week being a Rambler fan. We still got a few more games, uh, and then we'll have about a week, a little under a week off, and then we'll play three games in three days and hopefully win three more games. So, uh, Lou, any, any last thoughts, uh, about this week? Just win, baby. Just win. Just win. That's all that matters. Uh, thank you all for listening and don't forget, always remember, go Blurs.